We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's the biggest – I think the bigger questions that we have for this team are on the defensive side of the ball than the offensive side of the ball, right? Yeah. And so just in the in the short, small sample size that we have, we've come away fairly impressed with uh, with maybe, you know, some of those concern spots with, yeah. with the defense in general yeah. anyway and, and some of those concerns. But now, there are still concerns. Sure. Which, we'll, which I'm sure we'll get to here in a you, second, you know who else but, has concerns right now, Sean? Who's that? Not IB, because you're on every, brand. You're on point. Every team <laughs> in America in yeah. April it's has spring, concerns. Right? That's right. That's right. Ohio That's State's right. still trying to figure out, you know, really who the quarterback is going to be. And who their offensive line is going to be. I mean, that's yeah. just kind of where everybody is. So I, I thought today was a good day. Defensively, Sean, you know the guy that kept popping out to me that I just thought had a dominant practice, and I put a couple notes on defense up before. I haven't had a chance to write my full practice report. I thought Riley Mills was a beast today. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just in the backfield the entire practice, and that rep. I'm say I've mentioned the, inside pressure a couple of different times. The rep he, he had against Billy Shrout and one on ones, he explodes off the line. And he, you, y'all remember that play where BJ Raji just drove Eric Olson like eight yards in the backfield against <laughs> B in 08. Riley did that to Billy Shrout today. Billy came off and he kind of sat in his butt a little bit too much. And waiting on Riley to make a move, and Riley's move was to hit him right in the chest and just drive him back. And you think, well, that's a great rep, and that happens in one-on-one sometimes. You just catch a guard, you know, he's thinking you're doing this. and But then he just kept doing it all practice. He was in the backfield all practice long. Run game-wise, he had at least three or four stops that I can remember of just stoning the running back in the backfield. He He was getting good pressure in the pass game. This is now two practices in a row where where the offensive line has had a tough time blocking Riley Mills. And for those who have the automatic negative point of view, it's not because the guards aren't good. It's because Riley's playing very well. He's playing that well. Right yeah. now. Yeah. And and he was he impressed me a, a bunch to him. Uh, I thought, uh, well, what were your thoughts of, I mean, because you, you talked about it. I mean, you, the, the pressure up the middle. And he wasn't alone. But Riley, to me, he's huge. Like that's the other thing is where he's gotten big and he still moves well. He is a mountain of a man in there. And, you know, he's a guy who 
I think it's fair to say, I'm not saying he played poorly last year, but I don't think he lived up to the expectations we he had just, for him. He would flash. It wasn't yeah. consistent. He would flash, and then exactly. you're like, why, why don't we see that more often? Exactly. That and thing, now, that, yeah. now that playing inside is, is going to be more his thing, I, I think that probably he's getting more comfortable in there and figuring out some nuances. And that was, we got to talk to some of the defensive linemen after practice today, and I was up there with with your guy, your favorite, Jason Anye, who had a solid practice himself today, but maybe not as good as as the last Saturday practice. He still had a a good physical practice, but like that's that's the thing he's talked about. Like the he said, like I've always been strong, basically, but it's been a matter of those things like hand move, you know, like like. Knowing how to use hands, knowing how to use his strength, yeah, and just knowing, just figuring out football, and so I I think for for some of these different guys, it's coming together. There was uh, uh, Gobira made a couple of plays out there Mm -hmm. today. Gabe Rubio made a couple of plays out there, and Howard Cross looked good inside as well. Really, just about all the inside, you know, interior guys that we saw the three technique and the nose tackle were, were making plays in there today. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave AGI a try because I wanted better gut health, sustained energy, immune support system, but I hate taking pills. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, which is helping me kick my sugar addiction. In the morning before I get to work, I like getting something healthy in my body. And with AG1, I'm giving my body the nutrition it craves. It's very important for me to get my day started off with something healthy. But with my schedule, it's hard to prepare healthy meals. AG1 is a very quick way to pack my body with all that I need to jumpstart my day in a very healthy way. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally couldn't be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water and drink it first thing every morning. Done. I also like that it costs less than $3 a day. It's pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. Win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash Irish. That's athleticgreens.com slash Irish. Check it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Yeah, I liked what I saw from from uh, from Howard Cross today. Jason Onye, again, I thought had another good day. Jason's thing today that I noticed a little bit, Sean, he just has to be a little bit more consistent with his with his get off, in my opinion. You know, sometimes he just doesn't come off with the same urgency and he'd get knocked back a little bit. But when he comes off with urgency, he's a really good football player. He's another – I mean, th- th- that's another thing I'm going to ask you, Sean, that, that I've noticed from the fall – but relative to the spring, they're a lot bigger on the D-line this year. Yeah. A lot bigger. I mean, obviously, Howard Cross is always going to be. But he looks noticeably smaller this year than he did last year, and he's 10 pounds heavier. Because, right. they're, you know, Jason Onye was undersized. Jason Adamule, or excuse me, J- Justin Adamule was undersized. Jason Adamule was undersized. Howard was undersized. Jacob Lacey's undersized. You know, they're, they're, there's a bunch of 280-plus pound guys. And then there's Gabriel Rubio and, and Chris Smith. This year, it's kind of like Howard looks even more like the anomaly than he did where last year he was the smallest of the of four small guys. They are noticeably bigger up the middle this season. Even with Donovan Heinish in there, he's got some behind. Like physically, he's got some lower – he looks a lot like his brother now, right? which was always going to be the question is could Donovan get big enough to play? He looks legit 290 now. He has filled out. Quick. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, quick player. Yeah, and that's the thing. Seeing that number forty-one flashing around yeah. in there, like, yeah, you could, you could, <laughs> you. It's like you could tell, you know, who who yeah. his older brother was. But like, and he's you, more you athletic know, than than Kurt yeah. was. Yeah, and that's a really good point, just about the size, because across the board, it, it looks they look more mountainous right now with the guys that they're running out there across the board than, yeah. than they looked with guys like the Adam Alola twins out there. And you know, again. Talking to to Anya after practice today, he said coming in, he was like in the 280-something, right around 285, but he was 27% body fat. Mm-hmm. And now he's a little bit lighter than that, but he's down to like, I think it was like 12% body fat, something yeah. like that. And he is he is chiseled. He is yeah. it's it's uh it's it's very good weight that he's got on his yeah. on his frame right now. It's an impressive group looking group of kids Mm -hmm. it really is up the middle and they played well i mean you know they're battling with because here's the thing about interior guys what y'all have to understand is in the run game they're not always going against the guards when Notre Dame's running their zone a lot of times they're going against the tackles and you know there was a play uh, two plays that i can think of off the top of my head where riley mills just flat beat blake fisher off the ball inside and it wasn't a bad rep by blake because sometimes you look at a loss on you guys say okay did you not do what you need to do and you're just kind of like on that play i don't care who you put at tackle that guy's not blocking Riley when Riley plays that way. That that's the reality of it, and that's what Riley brings to the table. And at times, Jason Onye brings to the table. Sean is, it doesn't really matter what you do. This guy's just good, and that's the thing that people need to understand. Which is exciting about it because, as you mentioned, like last year, it was abnormal to have a defensive lineman that was over two ninety. It was like Chris right. Smith and Gabriel Rubio, and that was about it. Because Aiden Kanaana, if you remember, got hurt like on the second practice of the spring last year. Right. You had Chris Smith and, and Rubio was in the 290s. Well, now you've got two guys over 300 pounds. And now it's actually abnormal for a guy to be under 290 in, in, in this year's D-line. So it, it's a different looking group, but they're still, but they're not just big. That's the thing I love, Sean, is it's not a bunch of big thumpers. This is an athletic interior defensive line that's filled with a bunch of 290 plus pound guys. I mean, we saw Tyson Ford, who really struggles with inconsistency, but you start getting excited thinking if Tyson Ford can stick with it and keep working he's got a chance to be really good down the road too because he'll have a couple snaps you're like oh that's the top 100 player i remember 
And and then there's other snaps. You're just like, he doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. But even there, you're just like, man, this is this is a kid that's got some ability. And he's like third, third force, nearly excited. Because here's the thing, Sean. One of the things Notre Dame has to be better at this year is run defense. And that's been true for I agree. years. Yeah. And and I'm not someone who believes you have to have a bunch of 320 pounders, but you gotta be you gotta be more physically imposing and, and be able to play with power and quickness. This group to me showed us in this practice especially that they can play with power up the middle. They can hold they can hold their water at the point of attack and they can be disruptive up the middle. Because if you can be disruptive up the middle, then you're going to be very tough to run the football on when you're as good as Notre Dame is going to be on the edges and, and, and at linebacker, in my opinion. Well, and that's what I was going to say. If if you can be disruptive there between the tackles with those interior guys, all it's going to do is help your linebackers that much mm-hmm. more. And yeah. we did see good, very good run fits from the linebackers today. You yeah. know, like when, and we, we, I felt overall, you know, I don't know if you want to talk about the linebackers now, but I felt overall like linebacker play was was pretty good today. And I know a lot of people don't want to talk about veterans. Yeah. But well, it's pretty the good. last thing I want to say about the D-line is we didn't okay. say – I thought Junior Chalamak had a nice day fitting against the run. I thought Junior had a very active day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel bad for Jordan Patelho because he just has no chance against Joe Alt today. I mean, just none. It does, it, he tried That's every move. That's going to be good for him, too. Yes, it's going to be great for him. He tries every move possible, and it's just like, okay, it just doesn't work because Joe Walt's that guy. But you know who else has problems getting pressure against Joe Walt? Everyone. Everybody, yes. Uh, so, at the, and, and Aiden Gobire had a phenomenal burst off. Yeah, he's still physically not there yet. He's still like, – he looks different than other linemen, meaning like he looks smaller. He's like he's noticeably thinner than all the other defensive players. But that sack he had in team where he just exploded off the ball and right. just blew past Blake Fisher. You're just like, okay, that's that's what why I liked Aiden Gobire. That's why you wanted you needed to battle Penn State to get him. So I mean, we saw a lot of those flashes today from those guys. And so I overall I was very pleased with the play of the defense, very pleased with the play of the defensive line today. And 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 you're doing it against a pretty good offensive line, in my opinion. And and so that was obviously good to see. Yep. Let's let's move on to linebacker, Sean. Okay. Because, I mean, people are not going to want to hear it, but here's the fact: you can you can get in your feelings, whatever, however you want to be. But they got some talented players on linebacker, and as we've said before, this was an issue, Sean. Talent and, and, and athleticism, and they're, all, and they're not all freshmen and sophomores. Right, talent and athleticism was not the problem at linebacker last year. Execution was yes, being where you needed to be, playing with your hands, getting to this, and today. They did good. We've seen Jack Kaiser inside almost exclusively this spring. And I have been saying this for months. I'm going to continue to pound on this table. When Jack Kaiser is inside and attacking the ball, he's really flipping good. Now, Mm -hmm. you can't play him there 60 snaps a game. He's just going to get overwhelmed because of his size. But in in the the type of looks that they have now, he's as good of a blitzer as they have. I mean, he he spent the entire day in the backfield today. And and he's beaten Alt, he's beaten Fisher, he's beaten Zeke. I mean, he's beaten everybody because he's so good at timing his blitzes. He he's a, and JD was all over the field today as, in the in the run game. The, this was the and pass coverage best, as well. Yes, he he, yes. he had some really you know was he was short, the one that ran with Audric on that wheel route yeah. if I remember correctly it was it was with him step for step. Those two kids played really well today. I didn't notice anything good from Maris today. I didn't notice, didn't notice anything bad from Maris today. He was just. Just kind of yeah. there. I didn't notice it one way or the other. Or did you see anything from him? You know, like nothing bad. But, you know, like he did get. 
I don't know if he was anticipating the block that he got from Estime that I was talking about earlier, but Audric just yeah. blew him up on that block yeah. that he got. He did catch a block or two. You know, it was more assignment sound, but not necessarily doing anything, you know, making any plays. The other two, Kaiser and Bertrand, were consistently making plays out there. I, I didn't see yeah. Maris make a lot of plays. That would be my my biggest observation on him. Another guy, and and again, if these two kids play like this all year, if this is who they are, and this is now third practice in a row that I've been impressed with what I saw from Jack Kaiser and J.D. Bertrand, third practice in a row. And also the third practice in a row, I didn't see a whole lot from Marist one way or the other, to be completely yeah. honest with you. But if if they can continue that, they're going to be just fine at linebacker. Because I've, I've tried to tell you all a million times, it's not an athleticism problem with those two kids. It's a size problem in certain looks. But if they use Jack Kaiser properly, Jack Kaiser's a much better football player than Notre Dame fans give him credit for. And J.D. Bertrand's always been a better football player than most Notre Dame fans give him credit for. Mm-hmm. And we saw that again today. Nobody wants to hear it, John, but it's the facts. And we report facts here. No. And that's – when he and Estime were together, I mean, Estime, as we all know, is is well-built from top to bottom. And I turned – Sean Davis was out there, and I turned to Sean, and I said, Bertrand's got bigger freaking legs than – than estimate has and he was moving with estimate and he was you know again whether it was estimate or whoever his coverage was good his run fits were good you know i just i i i've my hope is with a year under his belt in this defense as smart as he is that he's just playing faster out there yeah. right now and reacting yeah. more that you know i mean you you well know playing that position just like knowing where you're supposed to be on on any given snap is going to make you play yeah. that one step, one and a half steps, however much faster on play in and play out. And so I'm hoping that that's yeah. the big thing. I think it's worth noting. Um, Kali was not out there today. He hasn't been right? out there the last couple. Okay. I, I couldn't remember if he was at the Saturday practice or not, but he was definitely not out there today. Yeah. So like, you know, again, like when you, people start talking about, well, if Marist is, you know, yeah. this, why isn't this, you know, Sneed and neither Sneed nor Kali were available today. Jalen is—he's got an injury issue. Uh, he right. should, from what we, talk, we heard today, Jalen's expected to be back this weekend. It's not a—it's not a an injury that is something that is. Um, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this without saying what it is, but it's—it's it's not like a knee type of thing. It's nothing that's going to keep him out. It's just one of those things that there's just a mandatory time frame where you got to be out, and he'll be back, so he'll be fine. The, but the guy that I think that that is going to make life tough for the veterans and is going to make for some tough decisions, and we saw it again today, is Nolan Ziegler. Yes. I mean, he is really good, and he played a lot of Mike and Will today. And I, I said mm-hmm. to because I was with uh, me and you, Sean, and I were there, and then we had Pete Sampson and Tim O'Malley were there, and we were all kind of just watching it. But, you know, I, I looked at Tim O'Malley, and I said, Nolan's going to have the Tavon Coney role from 2017 where Tabon was the backup at Mike and Will and played a ton of snaps, even mm-hmm. though he didn't necessarily start it either, ends up leading the team in tackles and tackles for loss. Now, I'm not saying Nolan Ziegler is going to do that. I'm not saying that. Uh, I'll be shocked if someone other than J.D. Bertrand leads his team in tackles this year, barring injury. But Nolan Ziegler is going to play a lot this year, and and he is a really – what I noticed today, even compared to the first time we saw him this spring, is he's a lot more read – make your decision and then just explode downhill where the first practice we saw him, he would, he would look great on run stunts and blitzes. Nolan is a, an explosive athlete. I mean, he is a legit six, three, 230 pound 
I I would be I'll be willing to bet you all hundred dollars, not all of you, just one person, hundred dollars. But Sean, hundred dollars that when Nolan Ziegler goes to the combine, he's going to be in the four fives. He can flat out fly at that me. size, but he he didn't run that fast when it wasn't a designed stunt in in the earlier practices because it was kind of like okay, where am I supposed to go today? He was step read and boom hitting a hole and he was downhill fast and he just towers over all the other linebackers that they have i mean he is a big kid but he can flat out move he's gonna play right and and whether it's rotating with marist whether it's rotating with jd whether it's rotating with both whether it's eventually becoming a starter and jack's gonna play inside inside there some too they got themselves a football player nolan ziegler he's gonna be really really good really good i concur i concur i've been impressed he's he's and that seeing him out there with a couple of those veterans as well you can tell that he's going to play a lot yeah you know who else he's still learning the defense he's got to get a lot bigger and stronger but the the second and third team offensive line had zero chance against Jaden osbury today like none <laughs> right. like they just can't block him i mean he is a really smooth and he doesn't look he's so smooth sean that he doesn't necessarily look explosive because he's just so fluid but then you're just like ran by that guy, ran by that guy, ran by that guy. He just needs some work in the weight room, in my opinion, and, and, and in the nutrition department to fill out. But I just, I just don't know how you go into this season and, and, and think that him and Drake Bowen are five-year players. You've got to look at these kids and say, these are four-year players. These are, these are not five-year student athletes. These are four-year guys. They need to be on kickoff. They need to be on punt cover because they're just so athletic. They may not know the defense right now, but those kids need to be on the field that um, that there's, they just, they, what we lose some emojis to talk about this a lot. And I've mentioned this before, Sean, but when you, when you, when you really know you've got something is when you see a guy that just moves different. You remember the first time we all saw Jalen Smith? Well, you all right. saw Jalen Smith, right? You're like, this dude's different, right? This cat moves different. We saw that with Benjamin Morrison last year. We're like, this guy's just a different type of athlete. Jeremiah Wusukoromo was that way. Even early in his mm-hmm. crew when he was red shirting, because he was still thin, you're just like, this cat's got a little something different to him. There's a lot more of those type of athletes on the football field this year. And and that's the thing is if 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 J.D. Bertrand and Jack Kaiser are playing a ton and they're keeping those guys on the field, it's because either A, Al Golden is just dead set on playing veterans, or B, because they're playing really well because there's some talented kids behind them. So that's why I have a great deal. Of, I have far greater confidence in the linebacking core today than I did the day before they started spring practice, just because of what we've seen from these practices. There's way more assignment correct. They're not in bad spots. You're not seeing the big gaping holes open up that we saw a year ago where they're just bad run fits. You're seeing consistency, and they look so much more comfortable in what they're being asked to do. They're just attacking down. Now, part of that, in fairness, in all honesty, is because we are watching them on blitz days. And so they're kind of being told, here's where you go. So, so sure. th- th- full disclosure, that's that could be part of it too. But what you're seeing on a day like this, Sean, is when they are being triggered as much as they are, you just see how much ath- how much athleticism is in fact there. We'll see what kind of football players are going to be. But Notre Dame is not going to lose any games this year. I can promise you this against anyone because they don't have enough athletes at linebacker. I can promise you that. They may lose because the linebackers don't play well, but it's not going to be because they lack athleticism. That's one of the biggest misconceptions that Notre Dame fans have about this linebacking court. They have zero athletic problems right now, veterans or rookies. But 
the young guys, Sean, though, they're different. The Ziegler class, because we got to throw Jalen Steed in there when he's healthy. And then the freshman class, I love Jack and I love JD, but these kids are running just as fast as they are, if they're not faster, in bigger packages. And that's the thing that you notice with Nolan, with Drake, especially. Preston Zinter's a big kid, but he's he's a ways away right now. But Jaden Osbury just moves different. I mean, he's just kind of got a little something different where it's all of a sudden you're like, how's he going to fit through that little crease? And the next thing you know, he's through it and he's making a play in the backfield. I'm I'm really excited about the talent that I saw a linebacker today. I really am. Yeah, and I, I agree with everything that you said, and it, especially the fact that the, the part about the athleticism, because you know, again, like when you start with the veterans and work down, one the younger guys are another another level of athleticism, as you've talked about. But I think the the biggest issues they had that you mentioned last year were some of those run fits. And I think that it was more about assignment than it had anything to do with the level yeah. of athleticism that they right. had. And again, when, when you know your assignment, you're that much faster and you're yeah. that much better as a result. And I, and I right. think, I think it's showing up now, but it, again, it's, it's a good point that you're talking about with, with today being about blitzing and, you know, some of those kind of things, the assignments are easier when you know that that's what you're going to do to begin yeah. with. Can they do that play in and play out when, when that's not the practice plan? Yeah. Sean, we talked a lot about linebacker. We did not see any of the linebackers playing at Rover today because of the fact that it was a nickel dime day. Mm-hmm. So we saw a lot of that. Let's talk a little secondary as we kind of wind this thing down before the mailbag, Sean. What what were your kind of your overall thoughts of what you saw from the secondary other than this one very clear reality of the fact that Xavier Watts is a dude for Notre Dame? <laughs> yes, that is a fact. I just continue to be impressed with the consistent coverage that that the secondary yeah. is showing, especially against you know the wide receivers that we've talked about. I think it was interesting that early on when they were doing some one-on-one stuff, I think it was just receivers versus corners. They had the corners out there wearing these kind of big oversized oven mitt looking things. They were literally, I just, I, I talked to somebody before, they were literally oven mitts. The equipment staff found oven mitts with straps on them. Really? Is that what they, the, what they put, were? Yes, they put them okay. on every single corner. So that way they couldn't use their hands in coverage it's to exactly. make sure that you're using your feet some of the clutching and grabbing and stuff like yes. that that, that yep. we kind of saw show up like with with a guy like like uh mickey i think specifically at the last saturday practice they were making them yes move your feet and actually cover and you know there's going to be some hand fighting and stuff like that still but there was no clutching and grabbing and stuff like that and i just Again, it's it's an impressive group. It starts with Benjamin Morrison, even though he got beaten a time or two, like by you know the Deion Colsey play that yeah. you were talking about. But I mean, and there was nothing necessarily wrong that Benjamin did. I just don't think he thought that Deion was going to run like that. Right. You know. Deion but this also gear. goes to show why Mike Mickens is one of the best in the business, and why Mike Mickens needs a big freaking raise from Notre Dame, <laughs> because it's just thinking outside the box to say how how can I think outside the box to get my guys to play the game the way they need to play the game, and how the importance of footwork. Because we saw this with Cam Hart against Ohio State last year. He was dealing with the hamstring injury. He didn't have a great deal of confidence in his in his hamstring, so he started getting really grabby. And Cam's not normally grabby. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those things that you do to say, hey, look, no, you've got to trust your technique. Trust your technique, trust your technique. And that's why his cornerback group constantly overplays, outplays their expectations, even in 2020. 
you, you, you're talking about a guy that had a pretty Notre Dame team had a pretty good pass defense with Nick McLeod and Clarence Lewis as your starting cornerbacks. Think about that. Clarence Lewis is battling to keep the number four spot right now at corner. That, that's that's the reality. He was a starter mm-hmm. on their playoff team, and right now he's battling to stay at number four. Because you know who had a really good day today? Number one, Jaden Mickey, I thought, had one of the best practices I've ever mm-hmm. seen him have. Yeah, He was patient. He he broke in the ball well, and he, he always plays with confidence. He, he was probably the guy that had the most breakups of all the corners today. He broke up yeah. off the top of my head three or four passes. Of good balls and just he would recover well. He took good angles of the football. Like I said, he was patient. There's a couple times, you know, Coach Mickens got on him, like, you know, just, hey, once you see this, like there was this is what again, what I love about Mike Mickens. There was a particular play. Tobias beat him. It was the curl route that Jaden broke it up. And Mickens wasn't happy. The guy just had a breakup and Mickens wasn't happy. Why? Because Mickens knew if that quarterback throws the ball on time, it's a completion. And so he starts talking to Mickey and you can see him. He's like, when you see this, you know, you know, so it just like given the, when the receiver does this, you know, something's coming and you got to prepare for it. The coaching that goes on there is just uh, exceptional. And and you just see the, the unit just get better and better and better. Jaden Mickey had a really good day, but you know who I thought had a, a really good day today. Chance Tucker had a really good day of practice. He's the guy. And I had to keep going, man, Chance Tucker. He's like, Who's he's 18? making some plays out there today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah. Because I'm sitting here and I'm writing some different stuff down. It's like 18, 18. He keeps making yeah. plays. Yes. Yeah. He was a guy to me, Sean, that you look at and you say, okay, this is because we, I've been hearing from sources going back to late last year that Chance Tucker's really started to ascend. He's starting to practice well. He's doing, and but I didn't see it in the practices. The first two, it was okay, but he wasn't. He wasn't great. Today we saw him looking like the guy we keep hearing he he has been in practices, right? Or that he can be. His his man coverage was really good. He runs better than than you know than I thought. He he, moved, he was moving very easily, but the big thing is he just has lacked strength in the past on today he was being physical with guys and running with them and so i i was very happy with what i saw from chance tucker today very happy with what i saw from him you know like we've got people i think who kind of jumped in late who were asking about lorenzo styles we didn't see styles doing any of the like the live team stuff at yeah Corner. his was, was more an individual and one-on-one yeah right exactly right. exactly but he was out there but yeah but you're absolutely right i i just you know again i i I, sounding like a broken record but just the the steady improvement of the secondary over the last couple years you talked about getting mike mickens race i think it is yes it is very well deserved because they better not wait Yes. And they better not wait till some team comes after him and then give him I a know. raise. Do it if now. you want to be a big time Lock program, if you want to be a serious program, if you want to tell us and say, hey, we we want to compete for championships, then when you have a guy like Mike Mickens who's doing, like you said, you nailed it, Sean, he's not just coaching dudes up, he's bringing in studs and then he's coaching them up, right? right. Pay that man. I just I want to do the thing from rounders, right? Pay that man his money. Yeah, I can't do the money. John Makovich, right? But pay that man his money because you've got a star at corners coach. And if you don't pay, if you wait till some till Georgia comes calling or you wait till Bama comes calling, it's gonna be too late, right? You need to pay that man now because when I want and and it's never screaming at guys, he's loud because 
he's like what coaches are. First of all, you're coaching corners, so they're usually really far away from you. But you want to be loud enough to where all your players hear the correction, hear the teaching. It's mm-hmm. constant teaching. It's always do this, do that, look for this, don't do that. There's never a, what are you doing? You're an idiot. It's always, you know, Jaden, and then immediate teaching. Ben, immediate teaching. I'm the guy. I love watching him coach. I do. Him and Chancey Stuckey are both just like the most talkative guys you have, mm-hmm. and it's and it's always teaching. You know, Chancey gets a little fired up at times, but Mick is always just teaching, and it's loud and it's detailed, but it's just constant, constant teaching. And then you'll see that kid take that rep the next time and do it exactly how he wants it done. That's what I was going to say. Like the the rep you were talking about with with Jaden Mickey, you you see him go out and and it's like you, it, it's 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 not to 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 tear him down. It's to make sure that he knows what the 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 small detail is that he needs to be better at yeah. the next time, and then they're better at it the next time. Yeah, yeah. I I, I like what I saw from him. I I, I really do. I I really like what I see from the corners. I thought Ryan Barnes to me just he's the one guy that his techniques just gets him in trouble too much. Yeah. He bites a little bit too much in the nickel. I thought Clarence had to solidate the slot. Safety wise, Ramon had a good day, I thought. Uh, but Xavier Watts is just a he's a really good football player. And he's been, I mean, he's covering the center field. He's, you know, there's a couple times they thought they were gonna have seam routes open and they throw the ball next thing you know is Lorenzo's flying over there making a play. And I, speaking of walk-ons who can play, number 26, Isaiah Dunn. That kid's a good football player. He completely outplayed Lorenzo Styles for an interception. I've seen him make two or three interceptions this spring. And they're, they're that like was another really one. I was like, who's white 26? I don't well, even know. Somebody's like, oh, that's roster. Xavier Watts. No, I'm like, no, that's not <laughs> that's Xavier Watts. Number. Xavier's zero. Exactly. Uh-huh. And like, <laughs> so I, I like it. I'm still, I still have question marks at the, at the, at the behind the first two safeties. Uh, DJ Brown is a really smart player. He's in position, but you can just see it in coverage. He just, he just can't run with guys the way that the other guys can. Yeah. He just, it's Coverage just, is the issue. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the problem. What do you think of Thomas Harper? We I think he was wearing a like a red mesh yeah, out there. Today. He's gonna be good. I mean, that's the thing is is we've seen a lot of we've seen a couple thousand snaps of him playing the slot, fifteen hundred snaps of him playing the slot. That's where he needs to be. He's a nickel. I just he can play safety as part of like, okay, he's the nickel, but you're gonna rotate down because they went in motion or whatever the case may be. He can do that. He can't be a full time safety. And and I'll, I'll be shocked if they don't get the port, go to the portal for yeah. for safety depth. I didn't see Ben Minich today. Did you see him out there? I did not. That's a good yeah. point. I didn't yeah. see him out there today. I've heard he's had a good spring, but again, I don't want to have to, I don't want Ben Minich to play this year because you have to play him. I want Ben Minich to play this year because he's just that good. But right now, he could be terrible, and he hasn't been. Ben Minich has not been terrible, we've seen, but he could be terrible and still be the fourth safety because that's they've got nobody else. Right. I'm still surprised they haven't moved anybody over to safety yet from corner. I, I, I it is what it is. I mean, if it hasn't happened by now in spring, I don't know if it's going to happen. Not with a week but, to go. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to go to the portal and consider moving somebody from that position because they're the numbers there are just really not good. They're an injury away from just being in a really bad spot at safety. And and I know that they know that. It's just what are they going to do to fix it? And I don't think just going to the portal alone can be your answer because you don't know what's going to be in the portal or if you have a shot to get it or if you can afford to get whatever guy that's worth it to you you're most likely going to get a depth player and i don't know if that moves the needle and then if you have to move thomas harper to your point to safety to make up for your lack of depth now you've hurt your nickel position because that's what you brought him here to play is the nickel which is where he thrived in the big 12 last year 
Mm-hmm. And his, I mean, we, I think most of us think Tariq Bracey was a pretty good football player last year. Well, his his numbers in the nickel were even better in the Big Twelve, a passing league, were even better than what Tariq Bracey's were. Yeah. So um, I don't think you, I don't think that should be the answer. I think go to the portal, but then you need to think long and hard about taking Clarence Lewis or Ryan Barnes or somebody like that and moving to safety and yeah. and giving them a shot there. Which makes it even more perplexing that they didn't at least experiment with it this spring. Now here's another thought: they might have, but we just but they just there they're just not it. doing it because <laughs> they don't want us to see it, which would make a lot of sense to be honest right. with you. Yeah. But I, you know, safety play was solid. Sean, what we saw from the safety play today outside of Lorenzo or outside of Xavier Watts is exactly what it was last year. Unspectacular, but steady. Yeah. And honestly, I can, which I think I I, I was going to say, I'd take that. It doesn't have to be spectacular. It just has to be good enough. Yeah. Be steady. Don't get, and and we, they, they weren't giving up the big plays. The only time the Notre Dame receivers were just running wide open is during one-on-ones when they just smoked a dude. You know, the safeties were where they needed to be. Marty Hours, a walk-on. I mean, he got he got two targeting penalties today, I think, during practice because they had refs there. Very mm-hmm. aggressive physical kid. But, you know, you don't necessarily want to be in a situation where you have to throw him out there at safety against Ohio State or USC or Georgia or Alabama. You know, that's just not where you want to be. You want that kid running down and knocking people out on kickoff. That's where you want to be able to use but, him. You know, the other thing is it's like just like pass rush compliments pass coverage. You know, like if – pass rush gets there quicker that's that much less time that you have to cover if you're a cornerback and you can apply that you know with the corners to the safeties as well when the corners cover as good as they have that's that's that much more leeway that the safeties have as well it just helps out their job other thing too i want to respond to this before we go to mailbag sean i i I still feel like people need to be able to, to differentiate between what their expectations are and then what the reality was and the problem that fans have, and I want to try to help you all understand this a little bit better, just because a guy didn't play the level that you think he should have does not mean he was bad. And I think Riley Mills is a perfect example of that. And because what you said earlier, Sean, was correct. He did not – he was not impactful, consistent enough. But Riley Mills was a right. solid football player all year. And I keep hearing this stuff of, well, he's this or he's that. And, and I just want to point something out to you. Sheldon Day – as a junior in college, had seven and a half tackles for loss in one sack. He did that on 624 snaps. Riley Mills this year had six tackles for loss, so one and a half fewer than than Sheldon, three and a half sacks, two and a half more sacks than Sheldon. He played 415 snaps this year. So almost identical production overall, better sack numbers, better pressure numbers on over 200 fewer snaps. Riley Mills was a solid football player this year. The question that we have is, can he become a stud? Right. But there's this notion. It's J.D. Bertrand's another one. I was talking with with O'Malley about that today. He is the most, uh, I was just going to say, disrespected player on the Notre Dame football program right now. For sure. The notion that, like, it's I I made this joke. Was Maris so bad last year that, like, just now you think everyone at linebacker sucked last year? (laughs) J.D. Bertrand's a good football player. He's got to get better. He's got to be more assignment correct. And we're seeing that so far. But there's a reason Georgia took his commitment. Now, they ended up backing out of it, but he they still at some Kirby Smart at some point in time thought that JD Bertrand was a guy that they wanted. They out recruited him by a couple guys. He's a good football player. And and we're seeing that. We're seeing that in practice today. And I and I think that's the thing is these guys were solid last year. What Notre Dame needs is to is to for them to be better than solid because because I'll admit solid is not good enough 
at D tackle and middle linebacker to be a championship defense. And they weren't last year. But I think the notion is that I hear from some fans is that they weren't good. That's misguided. They weren't good enough for a championship team, but there's a lot of teams in, in college football that would say, give me J.D. Bertrand, please give me, please give me Riley Mills. And I think Notre Dame fans need to understand that and say, we can say they're a pretty good player. They got to get better. And I, and I think that's the thing that drives me nuts as well. Get them off the field. Come on now. Let's, let's be better than that. But today we saw it and they were pretty good. Yeah. They were pretty good players. Riley Mills was a junior last year and you can blame mm-hmm. us in the media for overhyping him or whatever you want. You know, just saw that, but yeah. the bottom line is they're going into his junior season after the yeah. way that he had played, especially the year before there was, there was a higher level of expectation. Yeah. Now, as you said, I'm not saying he played poorly. I'm just right. saying he didn't meet what we thought he was going to be last year. No. He still played no. really well, but consistency is the key word. Right. Consistency right. is the key word. I want to see him be consistently more more impactful. Yeah. And so far this spring, we've seen it. Now, again, he's got to carry that in the fall. But I'm very pleased with the with the what I've seen from Riley Mills this spring because we're kind of wrapping it up, right, Sean? I mean, this is the last spring practice we're going to see. Jason Onye had a consistently good spring. Riley Mills had a good spring. Uh, I thought Howard Cross is 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 what he is. He's good. He's a good football player. He's got to make sure you try to limit his reps a little bit. Gabriel Rubio has gotten bigger and stronger. I thought your line, your your Kaiser and JD were good. I just did not see a lot from Maris. I, I don't have a lot of. I've heard good things about Maris this spring from sources, but we haven't seen him really do a whole lot this right. spring. Uh, love the young talent on defense. This this team, Sean. I'll say this. I'm going to wrap up with this. This team as a whole was very athletic, but especially in the freshman and sophomore classes. This is this young. When I said I'll say this. When this when the current sophomores become seniors and or even juniors, and then the current freshmen are sophomores and juniors, this team is going to just be – people are going to have a lot of fun watching this team play because the, yes. the notion of Notre Dame's not athletic is going to get dis- dismissed very quickly, very quickly this year, very quickly, because this is an athletic football team. Are they going to be a good football team? We're going to find out. But there's not a position I watch. I'm like, yeah, they just don't have the athletes there. there there's only one. Jay, Drew, look, I love DJ Brown. He, he brings, but he's the one guy you look and say, okay, they need to get more athletic there. That's mm-hmm. the one spot, in my opinion, where I say they need to get more athletic there. Today, with not having Javante Jean Baptiste, who was there, but he just didn't take a ton of reps today. When he's not on the field, there's a difference in athleticism. Those are the two spots for me, where you say. You got to get a little bit more athletic there, but everywhere else, Sean, this this is a group of kids that can flat out run and move and fly. They fly the around the ball. We got to find out they can play football, but yeah. athletically, this is a good group. I agree, There's no doubt. I agree, and you're it just everything that you said. You're going to continue to see a different level of athleticism yeah. over these next every year incrementally for the next few years. Yeah. As these young continue. kids get older and older and older. We're going to go to the mailbag next, Sean. But before we do, everybody, do us a favor. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. This dude right here is going to have a mailbag tonight. A full, whole yes. show is going to be mailbag tonight with Vince. With the Dean. Yes, the Dario. Right, absolutely. <laughs> and so make sure you check that out on IB Nation Sports Talk tonight at 6 o'clock. We also make sure ask that you, sign up, you subscribe to the CFB Nation podcast app. We're going to start putting more and more of the shows that right now you're getting on the Irish Breakdown feed. 
you're no longer going to get on the Irish breakdown field here in the coming months. You're going to only find those shows. So like Lucky Lefty, CFB All-America, uh, they had a show that came out today. It previews the Notre Dame spring game, the Ohio State spring game, the Penn State spring game, the Georgia spring game. They talked about the quarterback battle at Texas, which everybody thought was going to be a battle. It wasn't. Quinn Ewers won that one running away. And so they talk about that. So all those good shows. I'm, I'm going to have a show that's going to launch here this summer at some point in time on that channel as well. But you're only going to get access to those on the CFB Nation podcast app. So please sign up for that today.